My um, Aunt Carol painted that at what she was calling adult daycare when she was um, going through cancer. Oh, okay. One of the community services yeah. they provide is getting like older people out. So she painted that. And uh, when I moved in here, I was like, well, the colors are perfect. So I called dibs on that. <laughs> and every time I think of like redoing my bathroom, I'm like, well, it has to match those colors because it's like the only place I have to put it. Yeah. But like, it's a weird color palette to match. So I think I'm just going to leave it just so I don't have to put the painting away. <laughs> there you go. Welcome to this new episode of Rabbit Holes Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Elise. And I'm your other host, Andy. And welcome to season two. woo <laughs> Actually, I might have to get a little bit closer. I think I've parked my ass too far away. No, okay. <laughs> Although my voice is loud and it does carry. It is a weird editing thing that, like, this one mic picks you up better in, like, certain range and picks me up better. It's a weird thing. But this is the joy of being one year into a podcast. Yes. We're still learning all of these kooky little yes. glitches. And Maybe someday we'll get, like, grown-up mics. I was I was awake at, like, four in the morning this week at one point. Like, I am every night because I take a diuretic, so I have to pee, like, nonstop all the time. Um, <laughs> so I was up and I was on Amazon. Now you, feel, now you know how I felt. During the last uh, two pregnancies of my last trimester. Yes, except mine is like a never-ending, you at least had an end date on yours. (laughs) True. Long and the short of it, I was on Amazon and I was looking at setups for like 90 bucks a pop with like an arm and everything like that, but we like have to commit to like being a stationary podcast, so things to discuss and to think about. (laughs) You can hook it up here. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. I was like... How crazy would the cleaning ladies think I am? Like, crazier than they already think I am. (laughs) That every time they come into my walk-in closet, there's, like, a full-on, like, audio setup. (laughs) Just move the mics, ladies. Just move the mics. Just, like, push them out of the way. It'll be fine. (laughs) These are 4 a.m., like, can't-fall-asleep thoughts I have. (laughs) I couldn't fall asleep the other night, either. It was the night before the first day of school, so Mm. it's probably a little bit of that. I have that tonight. I'm super excited. I did my back-to-school shopping at Staples. Got a bunch of paper and pens. Note bags, like a bag to put all my stuff in. My textbook came in the mail. I get to read all about the history of education. Which, (sighs) yes, but for like a giant nerd like me, I'm like really looking forward to it. (laughs) Yes. So uh, Liz was very excited for her first day of school, junior kindergarten. Okay, okay, okay. the school board we go to, you don't, even in high school, have to buy them anything. Right. Unless you want to buy them specific, like, notebooks or anything. Everything's provided. Nice. Um, so all I had to get was a backpack and, like, lunch mm-hmm. bag and stuff like that. So that's why like, I splurged a little and went to Chapters and okay. bought her a really cute... <laughs> because what I bought was, um, like, a bento-type right. thing from uh, Loblaws. And it has, like, a little handle. It's really cute didn't realize how huge it was so i was having a hard time finding a bag like an insulated lunch bag to for it to fit in right that wasn't gonna be like a wheelie bag for a child her size yes <laughs> so i she has a little backpack like some of the kids have really big backpacks that you can put but is this is the only thing she's taking and her like yeah. jacket yeah so i was like i'll just use her little backpack and she can carry her lunch bag but uh I was having a really hard time trying to find something to fit this thing in. So I've got one now and I can put like maybe her water bottle next to it or another thing for snacks. But then I realized she doesn't need that much because she's doing before and after school care. So she gets breakfast and snack ah. and she really does lunch and they do an open like snack time okay. throughout the day so she can pick. And then they'll have like snack bins, I guess, next week. Okay. Um, and then she has an afternoon snack, uh, when she goes to after school. So they'll have like pumpkin spice muffins yesterday and cantaloupe and watermelon. That's a lot of food for a kid who I hear just picks at shit. She does. <laughs> but yesterday I was really surprised. So when I picked her up, I kind of like cracked open her little thing just to see what she ate. Right. Mommy was going to eat it on the way home. If no. She had to. <laughs> no. But I had given her like just a jam sandwich and some tangerines and some hummus with crackers mm-hmm. and, um, cucumber. 
because cucumber is the only vegetable my child would eat that is not pureed and in a pouch. Okay. Um, and she actually ate pretty much half of everything. Oh. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. So today she went with cold ham, cheese, yogurt, grapes, and goldfish crackers. Hmm. So. And she's, again, a kid that picks. So yeah, I think if, like... kid eats better than I do. Let's yeah, just... like... <laughs> so I think if I put stuff like cold chicken with some ranch, because she loves ranch. Oh, just like Auntie Elise. Yeah, she loves... Like, they, both of those kids love dipping stuff in ranch. As long as it's not vegetables. Right. <laughs> Tori will eat some carrots, but Liz is like, I don't like carrots! Funniest thing, because this has now become a podcast about my children. Apparently. Um, <laughs> so if we have broccoli, and Tori has, like, picked it up, she's like, oh! I'm going to try this. And she put it in her mouth and went, like, just this gross, like, <laughs> face. I'm like, fair enough. Kind of overcooked. Raw. Yeah. Oh, cooked. Yeah, it was it was oh, a little overcooked. Apparently also, like, a third of, like, the population have are, like, super tasters. And mm. so, like, Ronald Reagan was this. And literally there's, like, a chemical compound in broccoli that when super tasters eat it is just, like, the most nauseating thing on the planet. Like, there's a difference between not liking something and being a super eater, like, a super taster who cannot physically stand the flavor of broccoli. Weird. I did not like... I still am not a big fan of broccoli, but as a teenager and into my 20s, my friend and I would cook these big meals of beef and broccoli. Yep. I had this, like, old wok that I just actually died, so that thing was, like, 30 years old. Um... And we would cook up these big feeds of it. But the broccoli in that just tastes like soy sauce. Well, yeah. <laughs> and garlic, if you're doing it right. Garlic and ginger. Yeah. If you're doing it right. And uh, so I that's how I started eating broccoli. And still, I'm not a big fan of just broccoli on its own. Like, oh, it's one of the few or... vegetables that, like, I could literally just cook up an entire head of it and sit there with, like, a fork and a big bowl of it. That and corn. The only two vegetables that oh, I will... I love corn. Well, yeah, because it's barely a vegetable. It's more like tiny candy. <laughs> no. Liz won't eat corn, but Tori will eat a corn of cob. Right. So you know how tiny she is. A corn of cob. A cob of corn. corn there, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know how tiny she is. Yeah. So she'll eat that whole thing, and then she won't eat anything else. And like we're kind of like, oh. So Dan and I were like, come on, sweetie, you got to eat something else. And Mom was like, that's probably a lot in her little tummy. I'm like, yeah. good point. Thank yeah. you, Mom, for reminding me that her stomach is like the size of a golf ball. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but she's like, like eating this giant cob of corn. Yeah. You don't want to, like, force her to expand that stomach, because then she'll end up looking like me. Because I had a babysitter who wouldn't let us leave the table unless we cleared our plates. And we had no choice about how much was put on those plates. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. a good policy with children. So, I was like, we probably should start, like, cutting the corn in, yeah, in half for her. A third, but, maybe. Like, yeah. She just, like, it's just so funny. She's, like, got the little, got the little corn holders in oh. the end, and, like, the cob of corn is twice the size of her head. And she's just like, <laughs> <laughs> going to town yeah um so yes first year of podcast in the bag i'm very proud of us we hit every single week yep high five was not always guaranteed it would have happened i know i would not have put money on us to have been nope. that <laughs> no nope. at all there's a few times dan's like well just you can pause i'm like no we are not <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we're really proud of ourselves yes it was it, it was our goal to hit every week this calendar year on our vision board, but to hit an entire year's worth, just in general. Yeah. I'm pretty I, proud of us. Because, like, we, we, you know, we both have issues. We both have lots of stuff on our plates. Yeah. You know, it wasn't always easy to come and get together and do the work True. to write them. And <laughs> Okay, so we have a federal election coming up, right? And my area is, like, the demographics here are, like, 400 white like 400 years old and white or like the general <laughs> average age around here so it's gonna go conservative no doubt uh during the provincial election i didn't even see a liberal sign like i had to google who my candidate was because like i hadn't even seen a single sign with her name on it so i emailed the local party office and i this was last week i was like uh, give me lawn signs because clearly like you guys need as much help as you can and i'm on main street and it'll be great and the guy emailed me back and he's like we haven't picked a candidate yet or a candidate like nothing's been firmed up yet I'm, like, looking at the watch. I'm, like, election's a month away. You might want to kind of get on that. So I was driving this morning, and I was, like, I should probably figure out if they found a candidate yet. And if not, with the full understanding that I'm going to lose, offer to be their candidate. For the sole reason of being an irritant to the local conservative douche who's running. <laughs> 
And so, like, it was a long drive, and I kept going back and forth. I'm like, do it, don't do it, do it, don't do it. I'm like, what do I already have on my plate? Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Still sent the email when I got home. (laughs) Luckily, he answered me back. He's like, no, there's no incumbent this year. The woman who ran for us provincially last time is going to run federally for us this time. And without the incumbent, we think we have, like, a 50-50 chance of picking up the seat. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because if I have to put up with another conservative douche in charge here, I'm going to lose my mind. Because the last one went to an opening of a monument that celebrated the Confederacy, uh, the Civil War. Yeah, he was not so great. I, I, our, our writing is usually conservative, too, because, again... 400 years old and white. Well, it's also a lot of farming. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's conservative. I Maybe last time it went mm, liberal. I have no idea. Apparently, I am not that interested in my local politics. <laughs> um, but yes, generally we're conservative. But it's also the same guy like has been in that yeah. seat for. Oh, it's impossible to shake an incumbent. Yeah, unless they like do something like touch a child. <laughs> like that's pretty much the but only I, way. I'm not sure if he that was his last term because he was kind of an older gentleman. Yeah. So can't tell you. Yeah. Obviously, I have no interest in my local politics. Yeah. It's hard to care, too. I mean, when you've got 400 other things going on. It's also, it's a little bit of, what have you done for me lately? True. Yeah. You've got to be the squeaky wheel to get their attention. And yeah. even then. But there's even nothing. Like, it's like, well, I don't really... Uh, I guess. Um, so while I was, like, weighing up the what am I doing, I was thinking, well, I don't have the festival. So we have to talk about that, too. Podcast festival happened last week, two weeks ago now. That went well. It did. I'm glad it's over. Like, just in terms of how much time I put into it, I'm like looking around. I'm like, usually I'd be doing something festival related at this point, but instead I get to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. So you did. It was your baby. <laughs> it was. I did nothing except for write some moderator notes and show. You up. showed up. That was important. Yeah. <laughs> so and I emceed a bit, and they did. did it. And and there wasn't. It, it was not like the conferences we ran with like 300 people, like five breakout rooms, and yeah. A, jillion moving parts so if one of us couldn't have done it alone and in our sleep we would have had serious issues that with, is our... True. with our life choices yeah <laughs> so all in all it's been a pretty big year for rabbit holes podcast yeah my yeah. house is underway mm-hmm. hopefully get it framed up we picked out stairs yesterday nice. i also discovered that i don't care about stairs yeah i was gonna say like you could not force me to make a choice about stairs like do they go up and down? I that's all I care about. <laughs> I was like, I don't like okay, that's if I was like if that's what you want, sweet. Like yeah. this is this is what oh, I like. Oh, you gave it away. You should have like made like a real like tough stand. Like, Dan, I will kill myself if we have to go with the stairs that you like. And then you give in to him so that later on down the planning run line, when you really want something he doesn't want, you just look at him and go, stairs. I do not care that much about it. <laughs> like, I'm happy with the stairs we chose. I know, but I'm saying you could have put it in your back pocket and held on to it for later. Yeah. You could have gotten your East Coast color exterior. Oh, I'm already getting that. As long as it doesn't cost us a fortune. Right. But, I mean, you could have gone even further East Coast. It's, like, bright purple. Oh, it's not bright purple. Right, it's, it's, like, it's dark purple. Yeah. But still. Like, it's- there's an entire, like, housing community outside of Kempville. They've gone, like, bluish purple, too. So it's not, like crazy out there it will be the only one that i have seen in our area that's purple hmm, fair but you could have gone like teal or pumpkin yeah. or yellow <laughs> no no i'm good it works really well with our with our stone so hopefully yeah. it doesn't cost a fortune there you go now S- i get to fix light fixtures Ooh, exciting actually it is but oh my god there are so many choices yeah 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 oh <laughs> and we could swear now yeah <laughs> yes yes um speaking of which season two moving into season two we can swear again because we're done with algonquin thank god because i love me my swears <laughs> i know and it was so like oh much. i'd like to do this topic oh i can't yes because we couldn't work blue yeah yeah um my goal is to edit less i feel like i get too like oh, we stumbled over that word, so I want to, like, patch together the four attempted pronunciations to get, like, the good pronunciation. And I don't do that when I edit. So my goal, like, no editing, like, word stumbling. The only thing I'm going to edit out is, like, trains, uh, long gaps and pauses. So hopefully that'll, like, cut down on the amount of editing time as well. It should. 
because some days you're just like, how do I tack together like anti-constitutionalism? And you're just like, fuck, like I can't. Well, like when I, the few times I had it, it, granted I messed it up last time. I think what happens is I need to condense and shorten the, the pauses before putting in the music. Yeah. That's what I was doing. I was doing everything. Oh, no. I think that's what threw the music off the last time. Because uh, all three tracks were off. So when uh, I went back in, because I listened to it all. Yeah. And it sounded great. So then I did the compression and the silence, shortening the silences and all that stuff. See, I don't even do the shortening of the silences piece. Oh. I do it manually as I go. I don't, like, run it through. Okay. Because it was on that, it's on that checklist, right? So, oh. So I think what I did is I listened to it. Sounds great. Music's in the right spot. Do the final, like, couple of things. Got it. Exported it. And then, as we discovered, the it music was, was all out. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> this is what happens when Andy edits. <laughs> Andy's learning. Yes. You'll get there. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> hey, I've only edited a few times. So. Yes, I know. So, yeah, lots of experience coming your way, I'm sure. <laughs> On that note, how about we uh, dive into our stories? And because mm-hmm. I went first at the festival, that means you get to go first this week. Woohoo! So tell me a story. So this is, uh, I call this, Why We Can't Have Nice Things. Oh, fair. <laughs> so I didn't know what to write about this week, but I had lots of ideas, but none struck my fancy to write, like, a whole thing about it. Uh-huh. So I pulled up good old life science. So this week it's rabbit holes. It's just random articles from <laughs> life science about, well, so sort of it's, it all goes together in a theme of people are dumb and this is why we can't have nice things. No, that's fair. <laughs> or crazy medical things that happened. But so the first takes place in China, where a man thought he was just singing his heart out at karaoke, but instead he actually collapsed his lung. Dang, yo. You committed, like, Beyonce styles. I think that's more like Celine Dion style. Because <laughs> I just have this picture in his hand of this Chinese man, like, 65-year-old Chinese man singing, like, my heart will go on for right. some reason. Like, the mic up, like, pointed yeah. at the ceiling, like, full on, like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. I don't know if that's what he was singing or not, but I have this. But, to, yeah, yeah it's, what, it's the new narrative we've chosen to yeah, give him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so he sang for so long and with such intensity that he experienced, like I said, a collapsed lung. After performing 10 consecutive songs, all with very high notes, the 65-year-old man <laughs> suffered from chest pains and had difficulty breathing. Yikes. <laughs> he visited a hospital in, Na- in Nachang County. And the next day, on the next day, where doctors told him that his lungs had colla- his lung has collapsed, which is known as pulmonary no pseudo morphax. Okay. One of the emergency room physicians said that Wang's lung collapsed because of the high lung pressure caused by singing high notes. Apparently, this is a real condition. Uh, but if you love karaoke, you don't have to stop believing. It is luckily very rare and often linked to existing lung conditions. During this condition, during this, which your lung collapses, because I'm not going to try to say that again, <laughs> air that would normally fill the lung is instead rerouted to an area between the lung and the chest wall. Okay. And then that expands, forming the lung to collapse. How does it get out of the lung system, though? Usually, uh, so this is a growing lung air pocket that presses in on the lung forcing a uh, a partial or complete collapse this can happen when the body especially the chest area receives some sort of massive trauma or if there's some sort of pre-existing abnormality Mm. to the lung called bleeps or bowls so don't worry your lung I know who what doctor goes like I'm gonna name it bleeps (laughs) well it's bleeps b-l-e-b-s or B U L L A E. <laughs> Again, none of this. It's like they put the alphabet up on a dartboard and just started whipping darts at it until they decided they were done. <laughs> so don't worry. Your lungs don't spontaneously collapse. Like True. something has to happen to trigger it <laughs> or a pre existing condition. So this, uh, I'm just going to call it bleeps and blops. <laughs> or what? Because it's my, it's my story and it's our podcast and we'll we can do whatever, whatever we want. The fuck we want. <laughs> At us, people. Um, Or what contributed to a similar case, but this time it was a young girl who screamed her way to a collapsed young lung 
At a One Direction concert. I was going to say, Jonas Brothers or One Direction, where are we going with this? Or Justin Bieber. My sister took Emilio, my niece, once to a Justin Bieber concert when she was pretty young. And my sister's like, I've been to metal concerts that weren't as loud as, (sighs) like, a stadium full of screaming girls. Preteens. Well, it's the pitch, I would assume. Yeah. It's just like... (laughs) It's a little high in the register. Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, this poor... uh, Teen girl, young, young girl, screamed her. Uh, the pressure of her screams forced air from her respiratory tract into multiple pockets outside her lungs, which sounds hella painful. Yeah. Like, I swallowed a too big of a gulp of Pepsi the other day, and I needed to sit down for, like, three minutes. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that expanded the pipe a bit too much. Way too quickly. <laughs> You're like, cool. <laughs> While he was like, walking around, I broke out into a sweat. I was like, oh, my God, I'm dying. This is it. <laughs> And Maggie's like, finally, I got to eat her face. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so on to our next person who should have known better. A resident of Fox Island, Washington, and the owner of a fishing company, South Sound Salmon Sisters. No. Rename. <laughs> was trying to create a memorable image for a photo con- contest. And as we saw with the Chernobyl story, that usually does not end well. Mm-mm. She was at a fishing derby and saw another boat had caught an octopus. She borrowed it and put it on her face to snap what she hoped would be a winning picture. What she got was a wicked bite that landed her in this story. Yeah. <laughs> and a bunch of, like, tentacle scars, I'm sure. After she draped it on her face, the octopus, who was still alive, dug its suckers in and bit her on the chin twice. Oof. Her wound bled for 30 minutes and it was impa- intensely painful. And after two days, she was having difficulty swallowing and experienced severe swelling in her face, throat, and arms. Dang, yo. ER doctors, who I'm sure were shaking their heads, like... <sighs> for a country without universal health care, Americans make some really poor choices. <laughs> like, this is okay in Canada, because I'll go in and out of the ER for free, nonstop, like, all day long if I want to. This doesn't work when you have to pay for that. <laughs> like let's not put octopuses on our face people like true please make better life choices regardless yes. of what your healthcare system is true no wild animals within the vicinity of your face so er doctors who i'm sure were shaking their head gave her antibiotics but told her that swelling may continue and go on for months to come <gasps> oh boy so this poor octopus was either a young giant pacific octopus or a pacific red octopus though Octopuses' bodies are soft and boneless. They have beaks um, that are made of chit- chitlin, which is the same substance that makes up the ectoskeleton ectoskeletons of insects such as spiders and crustaceans. Okay. So it's a hard yeah. An octopus beak looks sort of like a parrot's beak and is embedded in with in strong muscle tissues. And fun fact, octopuses inject venomous saliva into their prey to paralyze or kill it. I was going to ask, like, are they the swelling and the pain? Yeah. So octopus bites cause bleeding and swelling in people, as this lady found out the hard way. But lucky for her, only the venom of the blue-ringed octopus is known to be deadly to humans. (laughs) Poor son of a bitch who found that one out. (laughs) Good lord. Next up in our good lord... This is more uh, uh, this poor Australian woman who was honestly pecked to death by her rooster. <laughs> How may you ask? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm looking for the joke between lesbians and cocks, but there you go. Go for it. How would she die? <laughs> well, it's a series of unfortunate events. She was collecting eggs at her rural property when a rooster began aggressively pecking at her lower leg. This rooster is an asshole, and apparently an aggressive asshole. And that sounds annoying, but not deadly. Well, as bad luck would have it, one of the spots that he pecked was over a varicose vein, which he hit, causing significant hemorrhage. Right. Yes. This hemorrhage caused her to pass out and then bleed out. So she died of blood loss because of a rooster. So varicose veins are very common, much more than, say, rooster attacks. Yes. Uh, and I know that I have a few on my legs, but varicose veins are often caused by valves inside the vein become weak or damaged 
and they're usually harmless, but in rare cases they can cause complications, such as bleeding that is difficult to stop. Mm-hmm. These complications, uh, blah, blah, blah. These complications often present when there's a few underlying conditions, such as heart disease and type 2 diabetes. So be careful shaving and around small birds if you have varicose veins. I say, I say, I say, do be careful. Yes. <laughs> if your frog or leghorn is in the environment, watch out. <laughs> we go from veins and birds to lichen. Sexy pavement lichen, to be exact. Yes. That fuzzy shit that grows on trees and right. sidings and yes. walls. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> experts in New Zealand are, wait for this, warning men not to eat a type of lichen that is touted as natural Viagra. Oh my god. No. No, don't give them that warning. They deserve whatever they get for what you're about to tell me. (laughs) Yep. A moss, apparently, that could help you get it up. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Just randomly eat shit from, like, what, New Zealand? (laughs) New Zealand. Yeah, because there's nothing in New Zealand or Australia trying to kill you, like, on a daily basis. So this type uh, is known scientifically as a word that I cannot pronounce, but has been dubbed sexy pavement lichen. Does it like form in the shape of like hourglass figures to make it sexy or like? <laughs> Due to the fact that its compounds are similar to the active compounds in electile, elect, electile, dysfunction. <laughs> erectile dysfunction <laughs> drugs. <laughs> This lichen grows naturally on roads and pavements and is abundant in New Zealand. Now, there's been no reports of men licking pavement, but <laughs> powdered lichen is a popular product on sites that offer her- herbal remedies. And no, before you ask, as far as I know, Goop is not selling this stuff for 200 bucks an ounce. Not yet. <laughs> I have dot, 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 yet. Yeah. Most of these <laughs> most of these products are coming from China. Right. Uh, but consuming it in any form can be dangerous. The chemicals in the lichen could be toxic. Alison Keane, a lichenologist at the University of Otango in New York, in New York, in New Zealand, told the newsroom, and what's more, in urban areas, this wonderful mossy type stuff can contain high levels of heavy metals, including copper, lead, and zinc. Yeah. I would imagine it's just like a sponge that sits there and sucks up whatever's in the environment. Mm -hmm. So now that you're sitting down, even if you buy this so-called sexy lichen powder online, there's a chance, I know you'd be shocked, that it's not actually lichen. What? I know. What? I know. No. <laughs> the newsroom did an analysis of some products and found that it was an actually it was an actual fact ground up 80% Viagra and 20% <laughs> grass clippings. <laughs> That's why it works so good. <laughs> Cuz it's Chinese Viagra. <laughs> Again, whatever man goes for that deserves whatever he gets. So, again, it's probably taking Viagra anyway with a bit of grass clippings in there to right. make it green, I suspect. I, yeah. <laughs> so, for now, for my last tale, this is kind of a short one, which is good because I knew we'd be like doing a. And I got a kind of a long one. Yeah. And it's actually short. Not just, I think it's going to be short. And then yeah, it turns out to be no text from Andy like, uh, I think my story's going to come up short this week. And 45 minutes later, I'm looking at the count timer. I'm like, God damn it. This is going to be a hard one to edit. Um, so this is my last little tale. A 63-year-old man visited the hospital after taking a nasty spill on the sidewalk. He reported that he fell on his butt and could walk, but was experiencing knee pain. Which, okay. yeah. When the doctors examined him, he also reported pain in his penis. <laughs> the doctors did Which ex- I don't have experience with no. that one. You just have experience with the, falling and, and hurting the, your yeah, knee. Yes. Yep. Um, did an x-ray to make sure that he did not fracture his pelvis. And what they found was a rare condition called penile ossification. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know it's, what that is? Well, I'm going to make a leap that it's a bone turning into a bone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nod turning into a permabone. Right. <laughs> And I said, what is that? Well, his body is growing a permaboner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his dick was actually turning into a bone. 
So now that may sound great to some people. In real life, it's a painful condition where calcium salts build up in soft tissue, leading it to bone formations in areas of the body where there's just connective tissue. And how old is he? 63. Okay. So exactly why this happens isn't clear, but uh, doctors know that penile ossification, though rare, is often linked with another condition which has a name that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> Poyoin's disease. Poyoin. <laughs> which occurs when scar tissue builds up in the penis, causing the organ to bend or curve. Yes, I've seen that like a gajillion times on those like um, uh, medical shows that I love to watch because they're so like terrible. I'm glad and, we yeah. went medical show yeah. and not porn. porn. No, no. <laughs> Um, it's like those, Brit- like the ones I, was, I sent you the, the screenshot of that woman snatched from. It's like, they always like have one of those guys at least once a season. It sounds terrible. Yeah. So these two conditions are linked. Ah. So our 63 year old man left the hospital against medical device and medical advice and doctors couldn't perform the test needed to pinpoint the cause of his condition, but they may suspect that he had already had this other disease given his report of penile pain and knowing the link between the two. Hmm. I guess they do, like, if it's not really bad, they just don't do anything right away. And then if it's bad, they give them painkillers. And then eventually they might have to do surgery. They also give injections to try to stop it from, from like, progressing. Right. But, yeah, it can be pretty painful, as I would imagine. But, yeah. also not, like, no one wants bones where bones should not be. Right. Can you imagine like, if, like, our tits started turning That's what bones? I was just going to say. I know, you, you did that with your hands, and I was just like, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, like, can you imagine if all of a sudden... These are dangerous enough as it is. I don't need them to be hard and pointy, like... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, boys, I'll take your eyes out. <laughs> but how uncomfortable that would be. Like, oh. So, hopefully... This 63-year-old man went to another hospital and got treated. It's a problem with, like, embarrassing medical conditions, though, right? Like, that's the name of the show, Embarrassing Bodies. It's like, you don't want to deal with it until it becomes crisis point. So it yeah. could have originally been a small surgery to correct a curvature or in the just, penis. Yeah, or just, like, some steroid shots or yeah. something. Is for... now this dude is walking around with, like, an extremely painful medical condition that's going to ruin the next 20 years of his life. Yeah. So, you know, people listening, if you have an embarrassing condition, we have all had them. Yeah. I had vaginismus for years, which no one would listen to, but, like, that's embarrassing enough. Uh, Just... There's the train. (laughs) Does that... Do these fuckers know when we're here recording? Yes. Yes, they do. (laughs) They sense it. (laughs) Didn't even hear this one sneak up on us this time. No, I know. Wow, wow. Yes, we know. You're very big and scary. Okay, you're good. He's through the intersection. So, yeah, let's, uh, everybody just go to your doctor. Explain those embarrassing conditions, because your doctor is not going to be embarrassed. Which I think we said this in, like, our first episode or two, like... You're not going to tell them anything that they haven't already heard or learned about. Yep. And if you do, you're going to end up in a medical journal, which is cool. So, yeah, and then we'll talk about you probably. Yeah, send us the journal article about you and you will be our next rabbit hole. Yeah, because I love these things. <laughs> you're really going to start like checking out medical journals or something. But yeah, just go. Again, they're not going to laugh at you. They're just going to help you. Unless you have something stuck up your butt, still go, but they'll probably laugh at yes. you after. Or if you have like an octopus stuck on your face. Yes, also. But you kind of had that coming. So. Yeah. I would laugh at you. You could be like my child or my mother, and I would laugh at you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> muffin. Yes, I will take you to the hospital, but wait, I need a photo. Because <laughs> sometimes you just make poor life choices. Yes. Own those poor life choices, but these are yeah. not poor life choices. These are just... Just yeah. go get them checked out. Yeah. That's my story. All right. Oh, itchy poop. Yeah. Is it turning into a bone? No. Itchy. <laughs> So we talked a bit about it. Regular listeners know that we were playing on a local radio station this summer, so we couldn't work blue in terms of both content and uh, language. Uh, And the language thing was hard for me because I swear like a lot. Like, and I love swearing. Um, The whole restriction was hard for someone else in the room. I'm not going to name names, but... Oh, it was hard for me. I totally forgot about it most of the time. All the time. (laughs) Um, So this week, my story is all about cussing because I finally get to do it. There's a lot of stuff that we couldn't say that I was like, what do you mean you can't say ass? Like, yeah. 
I'm like, come on, Andy. Like, do you hear that word on like NBC or CBC? <laughs> but we're not on NBC or CBC. No, we were all the same rules with the airwaves. I get into it. It's a whole thing. Um, so if hearing swear words makes you uncomfortable, just like earmuffs for the next 20 minutes or so. And also if swearing makes you uncomfortable, why are you, are you listening? Here? Yeah. Why are you listening to a us? <laughs> why are you listening to podcasts? I know. Unless the wiggles have a new podcast. I don't know. Like what's don't, don't, even. don't put that out there. Don't put that <laughs> the out there. The look of terror on your face right now. <laughs> I hate the wiggles. Oh my God. So Dan, uh, gets this song from Thomas stuck in his head. So every yeah. time that comes on, Liz goes, it's daddy's favorite song. And every time the wiggles comes on, she looks at me. She's like, mommy, you don't like the wiggles. I and I'm don't. like, I don't. <laughs> she's like, nah, I'm not a big fan either. Like, <laughs> that reminds me, I have to start like just sending Dan random Thomas, the engine pictures again. Oh, I think I sent you a whole bunch, but I, I need to start doing that to him. Um, so where to start when your topic is, uh, swearing? Well, I started at Wikipedia because emoji shrug. Like just, it made sense. <laughs> That's also where a lot of our topics start. My next one also starts at Wikipedia. (laughs) So the article on Wikipedia is actually entitled Profanity, because they're fancy, I assume. And uh, they define profanity as, quote, socially offensive language, which may also be called curse words or swearing in British English, cuss words, American English in Canada. We don't really call them cuss words. It's an American thing. Uh, swear words, bad words, crude language, coarse language, oaths, blasphemous language, vulgar language, lewd language, choice words, or expletives. Moreover, profanity is language that is generally considered by certain parts of a culture to be strongly impolite, rude, or offensive. It can show a debasement of someone or something, or be considered as an expression of strong feelings towards something. In its older, more literal sense, profanity refers to a lack of respect for things that are held to be sacred, which implies anything inspiring, uh, deserving of reverence, as well as behavior showing similar disrespect or causing religious offense. So probably no shocker there. Profanity was about religion. Somebody think of the children! Exactly. (laughs) Reverend Lovejoy's wife is all over it. So, according to Timothy Jay of the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts, swear words evoke and survive, sorry, swear words evolved and survive because they clearly communicate emotional information like anger and frustration, which allows the speaker to attain their communication goals better than non-taboo words would. I mean, if you're yelling fuck in someone's face, it's a lot more than I don't like you. Yeah. Or, like, you drop something, you're like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Rules about what you can and can't say are as old as the earliest civilizations. Profanity, which is secular in nature, and blasphemy, which is attacks on religion, are against the rules according to the Bible. So if it's in the Bible, assume there's at least a few centuries worth of background before that got written down. While those rules are old as time, the fine details change as culture and society do. And while there aren't generally dictionaries of swear words that we give to children to teach them what not to say, it doesn't take a child long to learn them. As a mother of two small children with a salty mouth, I'm sure you have found that out already. (laughs) Do you not remember the time Liz uh, knocked over the full humidifier downstairs? No. So she knocked it over and we have like that cheap laminate floor in Mm -hmm. the basement and she knocked it over on top of a bookshelf. Oh, do we? Like, just like... One of those cheap Ikea. Out, apparently. No, well, it was just like, it was just like a really big humidifier, dehumidifier, and it was full, full of water. Like, this thing can hold a lot of fucking water. And she knocked it over, just innocently enough, and, but it just went everywhere and has like flooded out the basement of that section of the basement. And she was like, shit, shit. So he's like, I need towels. So I run downstairs with a bunch of towels and like... All of a sudden, Liz is like running around the basement going, shit, 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 And we're just like, look what you did. Thanks, daddy. So, yes, children learn language from their parents. They're acclimatized very early to what they can and can't say. So you and Dan probably had to straight face tell her not to say that while dying of laughter inside. We just ignored it. Oh, Yeah. Oh, I've seen my cousins try to deal with little kids by being like, you can't say that word. And then they'll shoot me a look. And we both just like bust out laughing as soon as we just sort of ignored it because we were just in such a crisis that we need to get this water soaked up before the Ikea bookshelf soaked it all up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, so in essence, swear words are a version of oral or folk knowledge that is passed down generation to generation, like urban legends or folk or fairy tales, stuff like that. Uh, swear words have been studied by academics for more than a century. Uh, one of the earliest studies I read about was from 1901, when G.T.W. Patrick published in the Psychological Review about the psychology behind swearing, where he asked two central questions that academics have been trying to answer ever since, which is why do we swear? And when we swear, why do we choose the words that we do? So I couldn't find the full Patrick article online, but did find an abstract that answers those questions. Uh, and the abstract reads, by a process of selection, profanity chooses those forms of phonation best adapted to shock the opponent. Originally used in combat, it presented it as, uh, sorry, originally used in combat. At present, it is used when well-being of the individual is threatened. It does not generate emotion, but allays it. Profanity provides catharsis, helping one to cope during intolerable periods of inner conflict, repression, and readjustment. It is considered immoral due to the emphasis on inhibition and repression and the religious connection between the sacred and the profane. So a very fancy way of saying we use it because we need to express emotion. And it's not right because religion tells us it's not right. Since that 1901 study, swearing has been explored by those looking at language acquisition, child rearing, gender differences, neuroscience, mental health, personality, person perception, emotion, verbal abuse, and cross-cultural differences, just to name a few fields of study. Also, there is no other word in the English language as versatile as the word fuck. Fuck, I know. But yeah, verb, adjective other parts of speech <laughs> yeah like you could say an entire <laughs> there's a whole bit about that so my next point is just an observation that i made years ago and i couldn't find a source to confirm on so bear with me this is all me this is not the rabbit hole again this is our podcast yeah i'll do whatever the fuck i want exactly so i have a father who can trace his family's lineage in canada back to a land grant after the peninsular war and a mother whose family's lineage comes to Canada from the younger son of the Duke of Poitou, who came to Canada when it was owned by the French because he couldn't inherit anything at home. All of that to say, I learned to swear in both English and French. Not from my parents, because they're not big swearers, but from like friends and family and like larger circles. So that's why I learned to swear in both languages. And here's what I noticed. English swear words are predominantly about the body and bodily functions. So like fucking shit. Whereas French swear words are predominantly about religion, like tabernacle and sacrifice. So tabernacle is where you store the chalice that you use in Roman okay. Catholic, and then sacrifice is literally sacred son, so Jesus. So when you say like, if you do like, if you do something dumb, and you go motherfucker. The French equivalent is Seigneur sacrifice. Like it's the same. Like God it, damn it. In Newfoundland, it's Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> like all like related yeah. so there are some in um religious based english swears like you said like um jesus mary joseph uh damn and hell are also considered swear words by a lot of people but they're viewed as milder in comparison yeah. to some of the other ones and it makes sense because when language was being codified in a way that it was going to see it passed down so think the gutenberg bible in the very late 14 late 1500s no 1400s and then um, the English break from the Roman Catholic Church in the 1530s, 1540s. So it was just the perfect timing where now these words were appearing in print. Mm -hmm. And the bad words were no longer religious-based because religion was getting a weird, yeah. hinky situation. So it makes sense that there's this English-French split between the origin of these hmm. taboo words to me. Anyway, like I said, this is a theory I've been working on for years. No, but that makes sense. You're right. That yeah. very much does make sense because... The French were very... Yeah, they were very religious and very Catholic. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, if you're interested, tabalnac is fuck. Tabalnouche is frick. I made the mistake of mixing those up in front of my very French aunt once. <laughs> Did not go well for me. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> in my defense, I learned both of those words from her. I just didn't know which was the good one and which was the bad one. <laughs> Until after I did it in front of her. But fuck all that shit, let's get down to why I'm here, and that's to swear a bunch. A metric fuck tons worth, if you will. <laughs> so, Lord Love BuzzFeed, because they published an article a couple of years ago called The 100 Best Swear Words in the English Language. And they're just, like, words on top of, like, really pretty pictures. There's no explanation of them. They're just words, and it's British English, so it's, like, even fancier than what. So I have a list of some of my favorite from that 
from that post. So, uh, fuck trumpet. Nice. Nice. Bitch tits. Which we use quite a bit. I don't actually use it. I'm going to start using it. Didn't you say who was that says bitch tits then? It's not me. Huh. I laugh every time I hear sugar tits. <laughs> now it's like, Mel Gibson is a terrible human being, but he gave the world sugar tits, so I can't really get that mad. <laughs> and to a cop, too. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, Twat Waffle, which I've heard you use yes. more than once. Uh, Thunder Cunt. Of course. Uh, Scrote. Which is such a dude bro word that it's like terrible and I love it. Gobshite, which uh, if you have not seen it, uh, the show In Betweeners, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore, but it's like a British show about high school boys. Like a lot of these words I learned from that show. It is, it's so good. Have you ever seen the movie Formula 51? I don't think so. It's um, Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. And it's the guy from Full Monty. Okay. And a bunch of other British, but it's, it's, he's a, um, chemist who works for meatloaf as a drug, like he makes drugs. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's set, so he goes to Britain to sell it to, um, a bunch of British drug dealers, his, like, patent, well, not patented, but his, like, new formula for this, like, super drug. Mm-hmm. But it's just all him learning how to swear in British. <laughs> and it's like the difference between bollocks and dog's bollocks. Right. And like, <laughs> you should really watch it. Because yes. not only do you get to see Samuel Jackson, because this is an older movie, in just a kilt oh. for a long time. <laughs> the whole movie, he's wearing a kilt. Okay. Um, it's actually a really good movie, but you'll learn, like, again, this this is where a lot of these British are familiar to you. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, growing up in Newfoundland, where we use a lot of... Yes, like you were British until 49. Yeah. So, yeah. So we use a lot of British, but some of those, like, that, gotcha. that last one, yeah, <laughs> definitely used. Uh, clusterfuck is a favorite of mine. I yes. use that a lot. Anything that is moderately inconvenient to me becomes a clusterfuck, like, no, no doubt. I, I have a different... Like, I have a higher scale for using the clusterfuck. Okay. But when I say things are a clusterfuck, things are actually right. cluster, like an absolute <laughs> clusterfuck. Uh, ass clown. Hmm. I've used that a few times, usually to describe someone who's being a real dick. Like, would you stop being such an ass clown? Like, come on. Uh, butt munch, which is so old school 90s. Like, I know. That was a go to for us because it was like, it was wrong, but it wasn't like a bad word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and arse goblin. And I like any insult that involves a goblin. Like, <laughs> like, I legit, under my breath, call a guy I, thank God, no longer work with, the goblin. Like, when I refer to the goblin is in the office or the goblin is around, one of my coworkers knows exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> it's also usually, like, followed by, like, a gif of, like, the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz, so. <laughs> oh, that felt so good. Oh, shake out the, shake it out. I love it. Uh, But let's look at some of the more common ones and where they come from. So the word shit comes from a pre-German dialect, uh, and it's a Germanic, and it became a Germanic word that moved into Middle English, but always had something to do with defecation. According to the Oxford Dictionary, it's been used since 1508 to describe an obnoxious person. It's quite a sometime. Uh, In terms, so there's been little shits around (laughs) since the 1600s. Yes. Uh, terms like not give a shit appeared in 1922. Up Shit Creek first appeared in 1937. One of my faves, Shit List, is from 1942. Again, anyone who moderately inconveniences me gets put on my shit list, and I have no problem telling you that. Uh, shit Face seems to have started in the 60s, and Same Shit, Different Day has its roots in the corporate culture of 1989. I've heard that a lot. Not a lot recently, but... When I first started menial work, it was same shit, different day. Yeah. (laughs) I like to say same bad time. Yeah. Same bad channel. True. Uh, Bullshit has nothing to do with male cows like I always thought it did. Uh, Bull is derived from the old French word bowl, B-O-L-E, that meant deception, trick, scheming, or intrigue, which morphed into Middle English meaning false talk or fraud in the 1300s. And while Americans are credited with popularizing the term, its roots are actually European. Much like most Americans. Yeah. (laughs) True, true, true. Uh, Another swear word that Americans are often credited with popularizing is asshole, but its roots are also centuries old and European. So Middle English had the term arsehool, 
which was from the Old English our soul, which had its roots in the Latin combo of anus and pyrrole, or hole. And according to the Oxford Dictionary, we started calling people assholes in the mid-1930s. It's quite a, quite a walk from Latin to the 1930s. <laughs> we'll have to edit this out. But we know an asshole who was born not long after that. Oh, very true. I'm not editing it out. What do we owe her? That's true. Fuck that shit. And now let's go thermo- th- uh, now let's go thermonuclear and talk the granddaddy of all swears. Fuck. Yeah. Etymologists have a hard time tracking this one because it was considered a swear word very quickly and as such isn't present in very many published works. Uh, the er- origin is thought to be Germanic. Uh, in German, the verb is ficken. In Dutch, it's foken, which means to breed or beget. In Norwegian, it's fuka which means to copulate, and the Swedes have foca, to strike and to copulate, uh, which get your shit together Sweden, because folk means penis as well. So there's two very, very similar words. One means I'm going to haul off and hit you, and the other means dingle. (laughs) So there's some kinky shit happening there. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. (coughs) You all right, bud? (coughs) <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Big gulp of air. <laughs> oh no, you've collapsed your lung, haven't you? I know. You? <laughs> uh, I snorted. It- Big gulp of air went down. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Uh, in English, the word "fuck" didn't appear in dictionaries between nineteen. Sorry, between seventeen ninety five and nineteen sixty five, and the first to publish it was actually the Penguin Dictionary in nineteen sixty six, and from there it became more widespread. So for three, four hundred years, everyone was too embarrassed to publish the word fuck in a dictionary. Derivations that I love include to fuck up, which seems to have its origin from 1916, fuck off, 1929, uh, and that's what I say to Welly every time he scratches at something he shouldn't, by the way, which is a lot. So (laughs) I have to watch if my windows are open to determine the volume I'm going to be yelling fuck off at this little shitball of a cat. So the other main <laughs> derivation of fuck is motherfucker, which is what I yell loudly whenever I stub a toe. It's it's just that automatic chain yep. reaction of things. While the word was popularized during the Second World War, it seems to have gotten its start in 1889, and there is a story I gleefully got to read about the first time this appeared in the published record. Motherfucker. And I get to tell you about it. Woohoo! So the Oxford English Dictionary's etymology for the term comes from the Texas Court of Appeals records of the 1889 Levy v. State Appeal Trial. On November 3rd, 1888, M.H. Levy shot and killed one J.M. Joyner in Robertson County, Texas. He was found guilty and sentenced to five years in prison, but appealed the conviction, and that's where this story comes from, the appeals hearing. There wasn't a lot of question about who pulled the trigger. Witnesses were thick on the ground to the event. Joyner was standing in the street talking to two friends when Levy stepped out of a saloon with a shotgun in his hand. He told those two friends to stand aside, and I guess they felt he was serious, because they did, and he pulled the trigger, killing Joyner where he stood in the street. Why did he do this, you may ask? Uh, One of Joyner's friends rushed up to Levy and asked, rightly so, are you crazy? To which Levy answered, I will kill any man who calls me a son of a bitch. I am not a son of a bitch, and my mother is not a bitch. This is why a man lost his life. Witnesses at the trial... Oh, people were touchy back then. (laughs) We think we're all easily offended now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So witnesses at the uh, appeals trial testified that tensions between Levy and Joyner had been high for about two months leading up to the murder. But the day of, things ratcheted up with the addition of whiskey. Lots of it. Mm. So Joyner, who was the one who was killed, uh, records show that his bar tab showed that he ordered 31 drinks that day. Ouch! And he was very chatty, and he told the patrons of the bar, the saloon, that he was going to fix Levy by the end of the night, and he called Levy a cow thief. So, here, like, alcohol makes everything combustible, right? So... And that's a lot of alcohol. Yeah. 1930s, it was either really, really strong, or Or really, really really weak. weak. (laughs) Yeah. If it's strong, the fact that this guy was able to walk out of the saloon into the street is impressive AF. Although if he drank, if he was still alive, then it was obviously weak. Weak, But still. Yeah. 
And how much did he drink himself versus how much did he buy for sure. other people? But still, like, if he drank a third of it, that's still ten shots of whiskey. Like, Hi. that's a lot. That's burning just thinking about that. Yeah. So interestingly enough, Joyner's friends, the ones that had been standing with him on the street when Levy confronted him, testified for Levy, saying that Joyner had been running his mouth about Levy. And it's one of them that says Joyner called Levy a, quote, goddamn motherfucking bastardly son of a bitch. And FYI, in the court records, only the word fucking is censored in the entire account. (laughs) And it's only motherfucking, like the fucking in motherfucker that is censored. It appears in its fullness everywhere else in the account. So motherfucker was like one thing too far for Texas at the time. (laughs) Oh, Texas. Uh, The defense presented in the appeal that it was the language used by the victim that set off Levy, it was so far beyond the pale that Levy's behavior was actually reasonable. That was the appeal courts, like the appeal defense that they used. The judges hearing the appeal decided that being mean to your mom does not make for a case of justifiable homicide and held the original sentence of five years. So turns out you get to call your friend's mom, whatever you want. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not justifiable homicide. Right. (laughs) This also made me think, like, I need to start, like, a branch-off podcast of just, like, historical crimes that are just, like, wacky. (laughs) (laughs) Wacky crimes with the least! (laughs) So, the Levy case was 130 years ago, but we still get really uptight about swearing. For example, when Algonquin heard our show originally, they wanted to put us on the air around 3 a.m. in hopes that no one would complain about us swearing. (laughs) Uh, which is why we made promises that one of us kept better than the other. We'll leave that there. But what can you expect to hear and not hear on, say, television? Each country has its own standards, but let's look at the U.S., because as one of the largest producers of television media, their rules are exported by default. (laughs) Train number two, coming through. We should do trains someday. Yeah. <laughs> then we can just leave in the sound yeah. effects. <laughs> okay. Uh, the largest producer television media. Okay. The body that sets the rules in the states is the Federal Communications Commission, or the FCC. And the FCC has identified three types of content that can't be broadcast. Nipplegate. <laughs> yeah. The obscene, the indecent, and the profane. So the first two, obscene and indecent, deal primarily with sex. No surprise here, given the Puritan history of the country. They're a little uptight. I'm a little uptight, because I've been influenced by them. Um, I want to look at the third, which is the profane. The FCC gets to decide what language is considered grossly offensive outside the standards of the community. So it makes the rules. Profanity cannot be broadcast between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m., which is why shows like Saturday Night Live get away with a little bit more because they start at 11.30. The FCC can issue fines when broadcasters break the rules, uh, but they have some discretion. So, for example, the year that Schindler's List was up for a bunch of awards at the Oscars, NBC aired a clip of the movie that included nudity and profanity, but there was no fine because it was considered to be artistic in nature. So they got a pass. Another fun fact about the FCC's authority is that it only monitors the airwaves, so think the big networks, and not cable channels. Because the networks broadcast over public airwaves, their content can be picked up by anyone with the right equipment. The FCC monitors them closely, whereas cable channels require special equipment, and so the assumption is that you're paying for whatever you watch on them, and if you're paying, you're making the voluntary decision to risk allowing profanity into your home. Which is why HBO... HBO Showtime. Yeah. FX um, does what they do because <laughs> yeah. they can. Um, so that said, the FCC, the FCC still takes shit from the public when shows on cable use profanity because most people don't understand the difference between the networks and the cable when everything comes in through their cable box. So one example is... Um, where the public kind of got into a flap over profanity happened in the late spring of 2018 when Samantha Bee, host of Full Frontal on TBS, which is a basic cable channel, called Ivanka Trump a feckless cunt. Like, went apeshit over Yes. It. 
Look, I hate the word cunt. It is vile in a North American culture. No one uses it in a friendly manner. I understand they do in uh, the UK and Australia. It's kind of like more of a friendly, like, hey, bud, hey, cunt type of thing. Uh, That's not our reality here. It is one of the most aggressive swear words that we have, and it's hella derogatory, and that aggressiveness and the derogatory nature can only ever be applied to a woman. Like, you can call a man a cunt, but we all know at the end of the day, you're taking that aggression about women and putting that into that word. So even I won't use it in conversation. And I love to swear. Andy, I love to swear so goddamn much. But even I won't cross that Rubicon. Like, that's one step too far for me. If I call somebody a cunt, that that means they're just... Yeah, that's my next point. So that when I do use it, I use it very, very carefully. And I use it targeted at a person who is being a cunt. Uh, So when all this happened, I gave B a pass. (laughs) Because she was not wrong. Uh, on May 30th, 2018, B was monologuing a segment about the treatment of migrant children at the time when children were being removed from their parents at the border and then lost into the wider immigration system. So it was before the court orders saying that that had to stop. Uh, Stephen Miller, like Satan's like butt baby, was like in charge of it and was like doing the absolute worst and the absolute most. So B was arguing that children were being treated like criminals when they had done nothing wrong. And yes, she name-checked Obama for the practice as it had started under his watch, but it was being ramped up under President Trash Monster. Ivanka, like her father, is an avid tweeter. And when news outlets were publishing pictures of screaming children without their mothers, Trump tweeted a picture of herself snuggling with her son and hashtagged it Sunday morning. The timing was absolute shit. So here's what B had to say, quote, You know, Ivanka, that's a beautiful photo of you and your child. But let me just say, one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless cunt. He listens to you. Put on something tight and low cut and tell your father to fucking stop it. Again, she's not wrong. (laughs) Can't take that away from her. As was predictable, the right wing went full batshit, calling for TBS to do something about B. There was concerns about the language being broadcast, but... TBS is a cable network, so the FCC had no authority to step in. And suddenly the story became about B and Trump and cuds and not babies being permanently psychologically damaged by the government. So it was a really unfortunate shift in the dialogue. Uh, Ivanka Trump presents herself publicly as the feminist savior to her father's administration, and I think that's probably what pissed off B and led to the statement. And so to calm the situation, Full Frontal pulled the clip from the show's official YouTube channel. Of course, you can still see it everywhere on YouTube because nothing is ever deleted. And B tweeted the following quote, I would like to sincerely apologize to Ivanka Trump and to my viewers for using an expletive on my show to describe her last night. It was inappropriate and inexcusable. I crossed a line and I deeply regret it. And I don't love the backtracking. She did cross a line, but that's where good comedians live. And to call it inappropriate and inexcusable... I don't think it's either of those things. And sorry, here's a hot take for you. Trump was being and still is a feckless cunt. So it stands. I don't like that word. I don't like to use it to describe women. And when I do, they really deserve it. And she really, really does. So to conclude my story on swearing, I would just like to say, fuck shit, damn ass boobies. (laughs) I love how you ended on boobies. (laughs) Boobies. (laughs) Well, that was fucking fun. Yeah. It's a metric fuck ton of fun. I use the word bloody a lot. Yeah, that's a British. Yeah, so like, but I stupidly got really mad at the kids one day and I snapped in the morning. Because they were just being like, just, oh my God. And I was just like, why can't you put on your bloody shoes? Yeah, and uh, then Liz got very upset because she has bloody noses. So she thought there was blood on her shoes. (laughs) Poor mommy (laughs) moment. I don't worry, you'll screw them up in a lot of other fun different ways between now and the time they turn 18. Yeah, I was just like, oh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yes. Well, that's our show for this week. Bloody hell, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, If you'd like to know more about the show, to see our show notes, uh, to find some links to merch or our Patreon page, head over to www.rabbitholespodcast.com. You can also email us with your ideas for rabbit holes that you would like us to fall down for you or that you fall down regularly and tell us all about it. Uh, Our email is rabbitholespodcast at gmail.com. 
And we are on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Rabbit Holes Podcast page, Twitter, Rabbit Holes Pod, and Instagram, Rabbit Holes Podcast. Yes, that's... Yes. <laughs> if you like what we're doing, give us a rating or a review. We love hearing what people have to say. You can also reach out and let us know uh, that you're listening to our... A listener who reached out to us on Facebook and told us that we were getting them through their packing. I hope that your move went well, and I hope that uh, you got all packed up and you're all settled away and unpacked in your new residence. And that you're still listening to us and we weren't just a distraction. Yes, we hope that you're still (laughs) listening and we hope that your move went smooth. Yes. So uh, that's it for this episode. There's only one last thing to do, and that's to remind you that if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Bye, guys. Bye.